Thanks for joining us. I want to tell you about Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business model telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for the 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We just had Joe Ingalls on. Joining us now is somebody who I like to think is, in terms of wisdom, is right there with Joe Ingalls. Only uh, a little bit more wisdom because he's got a couple years on him. And his name is Gordon Monson. You know him from the newspaper. You know him from the big show that starts at 2 o'clock from Monday, Monday through Friday. And then you also know him as just your average dude who is blessed with everything he's ever needed. Good morning, Gordon. <laughs> wow, PK. <laughs> that woke me up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Although I'm sitting back here and I'm thinking, you know, do I enjoy the attitude of uh, I enjoy the attitude of Joe Ingles? Do I uh, do I enjoy the attitude of Max Scherzer? Max Scherzer? That there's uh, no further reason to engage with Major League Baseball about salary reductions for the 2020 season. Well, that's I a don't know. that's an interesting question here with Max Scherzer because it represents. It represents all of pro sports. Now, baseball, you know, their season uh, didn't even get started. So it's the one of our major sports seasons or sports. It's the one that did not begin. The others began, uh, you know, obviously hockey and soccer and basketball, NFL. It's not their time. Uh, they they are coming. So we'll see if their season begins. College sports, uh got interrupted but for football it's it's in the future baseball a little more of a sense of urgency because they haven't even played game one but that that's an interesting question because isn't it about uh trying to the, the way negotiations go is that when you're negotiating depending on which end you're on of the negotiation you're trying to get as much money as you can, and the other guy's trying to save as much money as they can. It's not really a personal situation. It's more a professional thing. It's business. Uh, as, uh, as they said, you know, when, when, uh, when they were getting ready to uh, whack Sal in The Godfather, you know, he said, tell Mike I always liked him. But, you know, he, he went against him, so he had to be killed. It's nothing personal. No. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, you know, this whole idea of millionaires fighting with billionaires, and and it seems like oftentimes fans fall in with the with the billionaires, uh, and maybe that's because they don't like to see necessarily people who come from from their group suddenly are complaining because they're not getting 30 million you know although in this case the pay cuts are relatively severe and i get the economic conditions are a little different but when i saw scherzer's tweet or was it on twitter i guess he said the last sentence of it took me back to the early 90s, PK, and I'm sure that was a miserable time for you being the baseball guy you are, but he said, I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe Major League Baseball's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. 
You know, remember that? That's all That's all they kept yeah. talking about back in the day, that if you saw the books, you would see how the the, the uh, inequality in the whole situation. But anyway, I, I heard you say yesterday, I've been saying that as well, under these conditions that our country is in right now, the fight that's going on, it's just a bad look fighting over dollars at this point. And I, I think everyone should be treated fairly. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's just under these conditions. Come on, guys, get something done. And now they're talking about. Yeah, not but it's talking. not my dollars, so it's easy for me to say. If it were my dollars, <laughs> would I think differently? Yeah, yeah, maybe you would. Maybe you would. All so I know sure, is I'm a be... fan. Yeah. So, which side do you uh, just... do you lean one way or the other? No, when it comes to labor disputes, in my mind, I've been consistent in that I love the sports. I'm a sports fan. Not necessarily a fan of Team A, B, or C, but I'm a fan of the games. I'm a competition junkie, and I move from sport to sport, from season to season, and I do it effortlessly because I don't really suffer the losses, and I don't uh, jubilate in the wins. I just like the idea of going to games watching games whether it be uh whomever it might be and i was i was telling yak this i've already been to a high school baseball game this year and the season barely was played before it got postponed right and so in my mind i'm a baseball fan but that doesn't mean i'm an mlb strictly fan that that's not it at all no I've, I've seen high school baseball play this year. I've gone to a game, and I enjoyed sitting in the stands watching the game. I enjoyed watching the kids play, pick out who loves the game, who doesn't. And I, I watched two innings and said to my wife, this shortstop here lives and dies the game. I can tell. I've since had multiple conversations with the coach because uh, it was at my wife's school, so I have access to the coach. And I talked to him about the kid. Everything I thought through two innings, the guy told me, yep, exactly right. Guy lives and breathes and dies the game. Just It's all about the game. That's, that's awesome to me. So I don't let these billionaires and millionaires ruin my love of the game. I'm not a love of business. So I don't get involved in that. So I'm not taking sides. It's like political. I'm registered to no political party, unlike you. I mean, I know it was a blow when Elizabeth Warren dropped out, but that's your, you know, as an American, you have that right. I don't get into that. I, my political is much more neutral. You, I understand that. You know, I know that in your house, MSNBC is on constantly. I get that. You have that right. I'm okay with that. It's not what I am, but that's what you do. And so, so be it. So, no, I don't take either side. I, it's a business deal. I'm not a fan of business. I'm a fan of sport. Yeah, well, that's a good way to be. That's a healthy way to be, especially in a circumstance like this. But anyway, uh, do you like the NBA's idea? Do you like this thing that's being floated out there, the, the postseason plus? You know, allow, I heard Joe talk about that he thought that the ball would be better if there were some games played prior to instead of just going straight to the postseason. The East seems to be pretty well settled as far as which teams are going to qualify, but this idea to have those uh, borderline teams in the West 
play uh, what some sort of round robin deal. I don't know, man. I, I think that's. I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I think I'd prefer just to get going with the whole thing and uh, and, and get. What do you to the mean post-season. by get going with the whole thing? Go to the postseason. Go to the postseason directly. Uh, and, and just bring the 16 teams in that are qualified now. Because in the East, you know, those teams, the ninth-place team is, what, three, point, three and a half games back. Or, I'm sorry, they're five and a half games back. And in the West, three and a half games back. But there's a whole loggerhead there at, uh, at 9, 10, 11, 12. I, I, I get there's some frustration with that. But let's just get going and play. Uh, let's play the games that count. And then in the before that, you could have a rigorous training camp. You could have guys play scrimmages, get ready to go, and then just go. Let's go. Let's see some games. Let's see some games that count. I want to see games between teams that really want to be there and really want to win. I'm not sure I want to see a team that uh, might lose a game and then suddenly they got nothing to play for, really, and so it just becomes a bit of a mockery. Okay, well, how's that any different for teams that are already out? The Warriors are mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs, so how would that be any different if it were March and April? They would be playing games for no reason. So how's that different than now? Well, there is a bit of an indictment of uh, the way through the season ends sometimes for teams that have been eliminated, that's for sure. But uh, here we've been delayed, PK. This isn't going to happen until the latter part of July, if not the beginning of August, as far as once the games get going. And so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to fiddle-faddle around as a fan of the game, as you were saying. Uh, I, I want to see games. I want to see teams that are, are ready to play. We've waited a long time now, unlike other normal March and Aprils. Sure. Uh, I agree with you. Under no circumstance, no matter what the situation and issues are, do I ever want to fiddle-faddle. <laughs> Have you ever fiddled and faddled? I faddled towards the end of my college career. I think more my college as a freshman and sophomore, it was more fiddling. Towards the end, I was doing a lot more faddling. <laughs> and, and did that pay off for you? <laughs> Were you able to get by with the faddling? Because I think everyone faddles at some point, you know. But you got as long as you get your fiddling done, then you can faddle. But if you don't get your fiddling done, then you can't faddle. See, that, that's something people right. got to figure out. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you it, it throws off the whole timeline of life if you jump in prematurely with the faddling and don't have enough experience fiddling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see, once you figure that out, well, you see, if you – if I had known, I, I'll tell you a story that relates to this. When I was like in ninth grade or Let whatever. Let me put my feet up first. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, please do. When I was in ninth grade or whatever, <laughs> I was, my grades weren't that good and whatnot. And uh, along about, and I was just sort of faddling. And uh, in 10th grade, my dad said to me, hey, if you want to go to college, you've got to show, you got to demonstrate what you're capable of doing in the classroom. So like in my 10th grade year, uh, this came to me about partway through my 10th grade year. I went from being, you know, a, a, a probably a below average student to being, I got straight A's from that point on. Straight and A's? I got a couple B's in there, maybe here and there. Well, so you didn't I get got, straight A's. Either you got straight right. A's or you didn't. All right. I got, I got all A's except for maybe two B's. 
and I became this. <laughs> and all the teachers, all the teachers were going. You know, suddenly they trusted me with everything. I didn't even have to do stuff that I normally would have to do. I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, you used to have to get some sort of hall pass and whatnot to go places. And I remember one time I had some, I I was late for something, so I wrote myself uh, an excuse on a note. And I came in, and the teacher looked at me and just said, throw it in the garbage. It's fine. Because they trusted me. I had fiddled. And so then I could faddle. If I'd known that from the beginning, I would have I would have fiddled from the beginning. I wouldn't have faddled. Don't faddle and then fiddle. Fiddle and then you can faddle all you want. So anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you start faddling too much, then it becomes an addiction. So I wouldn't go that line. I wouldn't cross that barrier, and then then you become obsessed with faddling. Well, all things in temperance, right? Moderation. If it's natural faddling, yes. <laughs> but if it's if it's not if it's unnatural faddling, I mean, and then I think you open up a whole another can of worms. So is Joe Joe Ingles is he a fiddler or a faddler? Right now, I think he's in the faddle version of his life. I bet he's earned that right. He's went through and paid a lot of dues to get to that point, and so now he's reaping the benefits of fiddling that allows him to faddle. Well, he's faddling when he comes on with the DJ and PK show, all right? And everybody loves it. I'm just trying to go back to the copyright infringement that you had on the hall pass. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. Anytime I, I could do whatever I wanted, to te- the, the principal, you know, I said, oh, you're a great student. You can Don't worry about it. I could just show up at school at almost any hour because the teachers in the administration, they, they trusted me. And I didn't know that initially. I said, I wish somebody had told me this earlier. <laughs> anyway. So your father said to you, if you want to go to college, that you need to get it in order in the 10th grade. You know, my father never mentioned the idea of me going to college. <laughs> Did you mention today that your dad was a janitor? Is that how? Ha- <laughs> the Yach, idea of that happened to college. Yet in the show today? <laughs> we have not hit that topic yet, so here we go. <laughs> Where were you in the food chain of your family? Uh, I know you got a bunch of sisters. How many do you have? Four sisters, yeah. Four sisters. And so where do you fit in on that ladder? Um, well, uh, chronologically, I'm fourth out of five. Okay, so you had three older sisters then? Yes. Did they go to college? Yes. So when you came along, and your parents, did they go to college? Yes. So it was just understood. Because you know, I, I'm dealing with this in my own personal situation. This is a serious topic. Is expectations in a family. Mm-hmm. And who's going to be the one to set the tone, right? So it was understood, basically, that you were going to go to college, probably... Since you were born, because your parents did, your three older siblings did, so of course you were going to, right? And so your father says to you, it's looking like ninth grade, you're not taking school serious enough, so he comes down and he has a little man-to-boy talk, but it was understood that you were going to go. And obviously you went and did what you did, and you've been very successful, and that's awesome. So I had, my parents did not go to college. Mm-hmm. It was not even a possibility. And I have 
two. I I have two older sisters. I have a, a brother in between. He was deceased, and I had never met him. And then I came along ten years later as a big old surprise. So, but my oldest <laughs> sister, my older sister, did not go to college. Right. Well, then my next one, who would have, who is ten years older than me, she did. Right. She decided she was going to go. So she went to a community college. And you've met both of my sisters, so you know yes, them. Yes, I have. And yeah. so she went to community college. And then she went to well, – we're not going to break, Yuck. i got something to say here. Uh, <laughs> then she went to Glassboro State, which you know very well. Yes, I've been you've there. actually literally been there. It's now called Rowan. And so then I come along, and I was kind of a drifter. Not really taking very much, th- very many things seriously, and she grabbed me figuratively by the literally not figuratively by the back of the ear and said, "Little brother, you're going to college," and she just pounded that into me. And her husband at the time is deceased, who was my mentor. He and he went to Glassboro too. He pounded it in too. So everybody needs somebody. Somebody's got to break that chain, you know. And look in the world events today, and you see things going on, and you're wondering why do some people make it and some people don't. It's always fascinated me how some people are able to be successful and then others aren't, even though they're of the same group. But some are, some aren't. Who? got into their ear to allow, to make them want to be successful. How does that play out? And for me, is my sister and her husband. They pounded it into me. This is what you will do, you little punk. You will do it. To the point of, and I had to pay for my own. No, my parents did not pay a penny of my college. They took me to the bank and stood right next to me, sat right next to me as I filled out the loan papers. You got to have somebody who is going. You grew up in that environment. I was either war, and if it wasn't for my sister, I'm not sure I'm where I'm at today. It's important to have those role models in whatever it is. Don't you agree? Yes, big time, big time. Especially since for you, PK, that was a that not only was that a major accomplishment, it was a major sacrifice on your part to uh, to find the means by which you could go to college. It wasn't all just dropped at your 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 uh, you know at your at your feet uh to do it so no. yeah that's a great advantage and you wouldn't be where you are if had you not had that opportunity or made that opportunity or had that kind of motivation to get that done for some people you know college isn't for everybody but it's it's for a lot of people and i i think ultimately uh, is a benefit in a lot of ways so I, oh, for sure. I met your sister. I met your sister, and you owe her a great debt to take that kind of leadership right. and uh, grab you. What do you say by the back of the year? And uh, and to give you the uh, maybe some it. other body parts too: nose, uh, <laughs> elbow, hands, you name it, feet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> every you know, which way. Well, Gordon, I, I think I think your listeners ahead. need to know that there's no. I know we got to go to break, but there's no there's no experience like sitting down at the table with the Kinahans. Uh, yeah, I've had that opportunity to do it. We had good Italian food, and it was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure, PK, at your sister's house. Uh, that's 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 a group of people. Your mom and dad, bless their hearts. Wherever they are right now, should be extremely proud of what their children, the opportunities that they were able to create for themselves that your mom and dad didn't have. That's 
I mean that. Uh, that's that's quite a compliment to. They did something right. Well, of course you got to you got to bring it back to religion wherever they are. You guys, you're believers. I understand that. <laughs> Here so, we go again, Yak. Here we go. <laughs> Can I get a hallelujah on that? In the great hereafter, as he likes to say all the time. <laughs> all right, by Gordon, the way, by the way, he'll by be the back way. in a half hour. Hey, PK, real quick, uh, from religion to politics, do you know that Glassboro State was famous because that's where President Lyndon Johnson met with Soviet Premier Alexei, whatever his name was, Kosygin or whatever, uh, in 1967? And they didn't, it was halfway yes, between it's like New York the and Washington. Yeah, halfway point. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I did know that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's Glasgow State. All right, Gordon, you'll be back in a half hour. Coming up next is Craig Bolajak. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The NBA and the National Basketball Players Association have uh, are progressing on a plan that would allow for a limited number of family members to join players for the season's resumption inside an Orlando or Florida bubble environment as they seek to finish the 2019-2020 season later this summer, according to reports. Joe Ingles, earlier on here on the Zone Sports Network, said he would consider leaving his family back here in Utah due to health concerns in that regard. The NFL owners will not vote this week on two rule proposals that would have established the quote-unquote sky judge positions for the 2020 season, according to reports. There is still a possibility, however, the legal stage an experiment that will allow for expanded communication between replay assistants in the booth and referees on the field. Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Bayfield says he plans to let his actions do the talking this season as he enters his third year in the league. He says, quote, it's just time for to work, do our thing instead of talking about it. Right now, it's moving in silence, which is fine with me. The NCAA Division I Council Coordination Committee extended the recruiting dead period in college sports and all sports through July 31st. This Top of the Wire update brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and Zero Res is cleaning carpets right now for just $25 per room. The lowest price is to help out as many people as possible for just $25 a room available while space is available. Call Zero Res today for details and restrictions at 801-288-9376. The Zone honors the greatest coach in Utah jazz history and member of the Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. We, along with jazz fans everywhere, mourn the loss of the coach we all grew up with. The man who went into battle with John and Carl. My coach. Who would argue with officials and would call for the pick and roll. Thank you, Coach Sloan, for sharing your love of the game and giving us all so many great memories. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend. Jerry Sloan. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning, DJ and PK. I'm PK. DJ's off today. Craig Bolajak is going to join us next. He comes to us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Mr. Craig Bolajak, good morning. How the heck are you? Hey, PK. How are you, pal? This is what we've been waiting for. Your show, Solo. Take it. Run it. Go. Go, man. Go. Yeah, we're going to miss DJ. It's a shame, but, you know, change is inevitable. Yeah, there you go, man. It is a uh, – we're heading on to the weekend. So, uh, but no, man, it's good to talk to you. You've been doing doing well, right? Yes, absolutely. Just trying to get through and 
trying to enjoy life as much as we possibly can and grateful, grateful more than ever for this job because this job is a lot of fun. And even though we don't have live sports, we still have issues and things to talk about and have, maybe have an opportunity to have some more fun uh, than we normally would in terms of breaking down what we'd probably be uh, deep into Western Conference Finals right now. And so we're not involved in that. But, you know, there's always talk about who's best, who's this, who's that. And I thought I would make you extremely comfortable. We got a little surprise for you. By yeah. We had Steve Cleveland on, and he uttered a phrase that when I hear this <laughs> phrase, there's only one man I think of. So let's hear that phrase, Yuck. You know, be honest with you, John, one of the greatest competitors that ever played in Adelaide, you're looking for pound for pound what, what he did for a long time. <laughs> John Saxon, yeah, pound for pound. Hey, how long? I don't know how long this discussion's been going on, PK. Maybe up to fifteen years now. I mean, it's it's uh, Stockton was a was a toughie. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing when I you know when I got a chance to see him in those highlights again during uh, the last dance. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. The guy, no one thought he was that great a passer. The guy could throw it on a string and. I just like I, the guy was a competitor all the way. I mean, you know, that's why Jerry Sloan and the Carl Malone, those three guys, synonymous with the Jazz forever. I mean, just they all thought alike, they all played alike, they all had the same goal: just go play hard. And that's uh, that was a beauty of that trio, right? Yeah, and obviously we have the passing of Jerry Sloan, is the ultimate legend, not just here locally. Obviously, he is here locally, but. You extend it beyond the NBA or into the NBA and even basketball beyond the NBA. Just it has really been amazing to see what we've seen. We had the other day, guy left a little thing on our app. You can download our app and you can create 16 second videos, right? Or not videos, audios. And so, Audio, yeah. And then Yach plays it. And he played it the other day and the guy says, that he modeled his life every day after Jerry Sloan. And he said sometimes he'd get up and he would have to go to work, but he didn't feel like going to work that day. But then he would think of Jerry Sloan. Literally, he would think of Jerry Sloan and how Jerry went to work every day. And he, you know, he had a glamorous job, paid him a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't the point. The point was about getting up and going to work every day and how he thought of Jerry, and that in turn motivated him on days that he didn't want to go to work. And we know all about the 1,000-plus wins and the Hall of Fame and the all-star appearances that Jerry Sloan had as a player and a coach, and they're all great. But as, at its essence, it was about Jerry Sloan getting up and going to work. And I thought, wow, what a testament to Jerry Sloan that he's yeah. this person using this in his own life to motivate him to make sure he got up and got to work on time that particular day. Yeah, PK, that's really an ultimate compliment, right? Uh, yeah. If you, if, as, as simple as that sounds is to get up and, and go to work. But in reality, I mean, that's what Jerry always preached, and you know that. I mean, you know, I love your nickname is Jay Slow, and, and it's, it's, you know, and, and you Jerry was, I tell you, I know it's, it's been nearly a week now, but it's, it's just, it still resonates. Uh, Jerry's special guy, hard work was his life. That was the core 
of Jerry Sloan. And all he asked you to do simply was to get up and go to work and give give him and give the people who came to see you and pay your salary the absolute best you could. And he says, if you do that, I mean, how, many times, how many times do we hear him say that? Then I'm good with it. I'm good. If you gave your all, I'm good with it. And um, really a simple way of approaching life, right? Uh, yeah. About work. And that's all he knew back in McLeansboro. And that's what got him to where he was and why he's a Hall of Famer. And also, uh, obviously, Larry Miller and him uh, trusted one another to the to the highest of levels, which is, as you know, PK, golly, how many coaches come and go? I mean, I I read, I forgot this, but I, I remember, but I read it again just a few days ago that every team in the NBA changed their coach during Jerry Sloan's tenure with the Utah Jazz. That's another compliment, another testament of just the work ethic, but also the reality of the Utah Jazz, and they they had the ultimate trust in Coach Sloan. And even though he felt like on road trips when we'd come back and he'd say, Hill, Boulder, I'll probably get fired because we lost three in a row. You know, that that was true to uh, PK, as you know. Him being fired in Chicago was another motivating factor for him throughout the rest of his career. He never wanted that to ever happen again. And he always felt a little bit looking over the shoulder like, hmm, I lose a couple three, what's going to happen? But yet uh, the dedication the, the Miller family showed Jerry and his dedication to the Millers and the Jazz, I don't know if we're going to see that again. Pops and the Spurs would come to mind, but that's another time and place, right? Those two guys are war horses, and I don't think we'll see that again in, in professional sports. I was talking with our friend Gordon Monson, and, we're, and, I, and I was tell, telling him, I said, one of the things that has always fascinated me is how uh, people succeed in life, those who have had to create their own path and find ways that, you know, they didn't go into the family business or whatever it might be. They had to create their own way and how some people, you can get people from the same family and how some people are successful, some people aren't. I got a really good friend of mine who has achieved a high, high level and yet his brother, all this time, has been in prison. And they come from the same family, obviously. And so I'm fascinated right. why one works, one doesn't, and how it, how it works out. And, you know, Gordon was talking, I was talking about how in my family, my parents didn't go to college. My one sister, I have two older sisters, and the older of the two didn't. And then the next one did, and then there was a big gap nine ten year gap between she and I and she insisted that I was going to go and just pounded it into my brain and I went and you know I like to think I made a success of myself so I had somebody point me in the right direction and, and what I'm getting at is with the jazz Jerry Sloan's he's done here on earth his coaching is done but when you look at a franchise and what a franchise is about you have to have some people who are pillars of that franchise and point the franchise in the right direction. This is who we are. And then other people come along, but they still sort of embrace that. So what I'm getting at is you've got Larry Miller, one, and Frank Layden is there, too. And then you've got Jerry Sloan. These people decided early on this is what this franchise is going to be. And don't you see now it's Quinn Snyder, Dennis Lindsay, Justin Zanuck, and so forth. These people... They basically are extensions of those other men who came before them, and this is what this franchise is about. So Jerry Sloan, he's in, even though he'll never go to another Jazz game in his life, 
on his life. His life's over. But he'll ne- his presence, his physical presence, will never be in the arena. But his legacy will be there for years to come. Yeah, PK, it's stamped in the mortar of the Jazz Foundation. I mean, it will not go away. And, you know, it's Larry and Jerry and Frank and Hot Rod. I mean, last week it was the big three knowing that, you know, we knew, we knew them all. Larry first and then Hot Rod and then, uh, of course, Coach Sloan. You know, we forget Tom Nasaki was part of this as well in the early, early days. Sam Battistone, but... The Jazz really, as you said, just said, started to build their identity with Frank, uh, with Larry then, uh, making a bull move, by the way. I hope people will always remember, um, you know, here's a parts manager for Toyota who gets a car dealership and decides to make the Jazz a part of the Utah culture. And what he did to step out and, you know, really go to the brink of financial, uh, he pushed it all the way to the financial, uh, what, brink, uh, for his family, but look, look at the outcome. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a hell of a story. It really is. Um, and, but the work ethic there, PK, is the same of what Frank and what, uh, Jerry and, and, and what, you know, of course, Larry brought to the table was unmatched. And then, of course, building the arena just put the Jazz on a whole different planet in a way that uh, Larry was able to do that. If people remember the fast track, uh, was something that had never really been used or even thought of, but the architect would draw the plans. Larry gave him the thumbs up on the same day, and they'd be pouring concrete. I mean, when I was at KSL, we were, of course, Triad Center, five Triad Centers right across the street. I got to watch that throughout my whole tenure there with the, with KSL, watching it during snowstorms, a guy up in a, you know, a little, uh, the welder. Uh, during a snowstorm, you know, putting the roof on, man, it was it was unreal. But I hope people realize that those three and Hot Rod's voice, uh, obviously synonymous with Stockton Malone. And I'm privileged to be a part of this franchise, but you know, it's it's a it, it's an incredible foundation. And you're right, Quinn Snyder has a lot of qualities different though, because it's a different generation of player and how you have to handle. Guys who come out of AAU uh, basketball into the college ranks who play one year and out. Uh, but, again, he still expects the same thing. When I watch him march around the floor, PKSU, what does he want? Effort. And that's what Jerry Sloan was all about, too. Just go play. Give, 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 give the people who hired you and who come to watch you play, go play with effort, heart. And that's what Jerry Sloan was all about, too. You heard him all the time talking about heart. And he had a big heart, too. He may have been the tough guy. But down, down inside, he had a, a soft heart, too. He, he liked to help people, and he had a great sense of humor, too. Craig Bolajak joining us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. You know what's cool, too, Craig, is that this isn't that long ago. When you speak of the foundation of the arena across the street from KSL being poured, that's not like 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago. That's like... 25 30 years ago so it's not that long so all of us can be a part of it and you have literal memories of watching the arena go up and in a sense you know the nba being a relatively new sport and the jazz moving to salt lake long after the nba had been established really in my mind and we're a small market to begin with but it gives fans more of a, a connection almost to the point of ownership in the franchise. Yeah. 
I was just going to say say the same thing. It's you know like the Packers in Green Bay, and like the Jazz. There's ownership by the fan base, and I think everybody feels whether you are a red or a blue, whether you're a, a Coug, a Ute, uh, whether you're LDS or not, PK. I think it's the one constant within the state that it's all you're 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 all one if you're a Utah Jazz fan, which is really intriguing because it's great to see sports bring communities together and that's that's the beauty of what what we're in the business we're in that's what i miss is to see those games and to see the fans intensity because we know how intense educated uh jazz fans are about the game about their players and about their league and uh, it's it's missed there's no question and i i i hope excuse me i hope that we you know see this game come back to its you know its form soon I still think, you know, whatever happens uh, when when uh, Adam Silver speaks uh, on Monday, uh, whatever the, the the plan is, PK, it's going to be intriguing uh, to see if players respond to it, how they respond, if families will be involved, if a player doesn't want to play. Damian Lillard was pretty open about it, you know, but he wanted to play uh, to make – make the season have some importance to him and the, and the Blazers. Maybe the play-in intrigues him, if that's a possibility. But it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. And finally, I think all the guessing will start to get answers, right, early next week. And at least that's what we're, we understand, that Silver will come out with his plan. It sounds like Orlando is the home base. And, you know, we'll see how the bubble and who's allowed inside of it. And uh, I'd, probably the fewer the better. But it's it's still going to intrigue to see how we get back on the floor uh, without fans and uh, how the players respond to that too. Do you have any preference as far as what you would like to see in terms of what form of competition they choose? You know, I don't think it, no matter what they do, not everyone's going to be happy about it, PK. But you know, you can look at the play-in, you can look at the reseeding, you can go right now and have the Jazz play four and five, which would be Oklahoma City. Uh, if you do reseed, then the Jazz are a seven, and they take on uh, <laughs> the Houston Rockets. Uh, you know, no, I think in the long run, no matter what, uh, look, it's basketball, and people are going to be excited for it to return. But Bogdanovich is obviously out with the wrist surgery, so that's going to, you know, pressure the Jazz and their bench, and also put Joe Ingles back in as a starter. Clarkson plays a big role up the benches. George Niang, more minutes. So, you know, it's a challenge for the Jazz. But I think it's going to be a challenge, don't you, for every team uh, to come back, get back in basketball shape or some some form of it. And also then the mental side. Who is going to be, PK, really engaged? Because what we've been through, you know, as a society is is really been, boy, Let's be honest, mentally every day, um, you know, just the, the unknown can wear you out. Uh, the boredom can wear you out. But then you have to restart. And I'm just with some doubt, I think, of, of health, family. And it's, it's really going to be a battle of wills in some regards of what team actually can focus uh, in themselves back into this game that we all love. Um, I've got a feeling some players may not want to play. And then I've got a feeling that some players may not be that engaged because this season has an asterisk by it, and they'd rather just soon forget about it and move on and, and restart in December or whenever the league decides to go 
2021, the new season. So uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of issues that are going to have to be worked out. I think there'll be some upsets, PK, don't you, in in the first round? Uh, just because somebody may not play, someone's not in great shape, somebody, someone may not just be as engaged. Uh, so who's the leader? I mean, is Giannis Antetokounmpo really intrigued? How about LeBron? Uh, how about Kawhi? How about Donovan and Rudy? I mean, there's some interesting stories about, there will be interesting stories about uh, who wants it and who wants to win this very strange championship that, uh, you know, the NBA hopes to play. Yeah, nothing wrong with a little unpredictability, though. True. No, I think that's one of the intriguing points about it is that you put it out there, and I think that draws viewers even more. Uh, You know, I'm looking, I don't know this. I'm selfish. I would love to call the first round of the playoffs, but I understand the limitations, too. Um, don't know if that's the case for local regional television, but the networks, uh, you know, have, have a lot of money at stake, as does the NBA with uh, their national contracts with TNT and ESPN and ABC. So those guys are going to be in there televising on a pretty heavy basis daily uh, to get NBA basketball on the air. But there is intrigue, right? Uh, and I think that's going to drive the numbers up even more in viewership. I think we're going to find out how popular uh, how popular this game is, especially if they do uh, change it up, PK, because a lot of times, you know, just prior to the COVID-19, there was talk about in-season tournament play. Well, if you do reseed or if you do have a play-in tournament, it's kind of an opportunity for the league to maybe, um, I guess, play with a couple of ideas to see if they intrigue you know the viewers and also the league and the players because they're going to have to talk to the players association about it and but it's um it is it, it there is a lot of intrigue as we uh kind of reach the starting point hopefully we'll get more news about it next week and and hear the plan thanks for joining us we appreciate it pk thanks pal talk to you soon all right, that's Craig Bolajak making his weekly visit. He'll join us next week. We may have some more information about that. Hey, we'll get to that. What should the league do? Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke. I don't know if Scotty or I have asked you about your general opinion of the NBA returning in the midst of this pandemic. You got to be smart. You got to do it with a lot of precautions. But let's go. Let's go play. Let's go. Let's go get back out on the playing fields. And you know, not like with a mass experiment. I think we've got to be smart about it. And people are going to get it. We're not going to be able to shut down when someone gets it. Testing then becomes vital. But I think we need to move forward. And I'm excited to see our athletes play and to see what it looks like and I think it's going to be a huge psychological jump for these guys to plug back in and they're going to want the old version of what it was and we all want the old version but guess what like that's not where we are in the world anymore you know you can yearn for the old all you want it's pretty unproductive at this point Hanson Scotty weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network Join the big show tomorrow, Friday, from 2 to 6 p.m. at the warehouse at 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Prices will blow your mind. Gordon and Jake will be at the warehouse tomorrow down there in Orm at 86 East University Parkway. So join them, and Looking forward to hear what they have to say. You can hear them every day starting at 2 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, we know that NBA general managers are going to be meeting 
today, and then we know that the Board of Governors is supposed to have, I assume it's a conference call, tomorrow. And uh, we had Jim Olson, the president of uh, Larry H. Miller Sports Entertainment, talking about how very soon here they're going to have to put a stake in the ground, is the phrase he used, to be able to come up with a plan of what the league wants to do. What should the league do? What do you think it should do? I think it should come back. I think it should come back for the sake of our morale. Now, Joe Ingles, now he's involved, so it's easy for me to say, yeah, you guys should get back out on the floor, man, for my kicks. Provide me with entertainment, you people. (laughs) It's very much easy for me to say that. But he's saying, well, as long as it's a as much of a guarantee of safety as you can be because if a bunch of folks come down with uh, testing positive and get sick and all this stuff, and who knows where it can go once that happens, that that's not good for morale. That's actually worse for morale. So there is some point to that. I get what he's saying there, and I agree with him on that. Uh, they've got to figure out a way to make it safe. I don't know that they're going to have it 100% guarantee because if you get out of bed in the morning, well, to one degree or another, you're putting your life at risk. Now, that's too strong to say at risk going about your daily activities, but who knows? No one has promised anything when it comes to life, and there's all sorts of risks involved. So do we have it to where, all right, you have some form of safety, but we can't guarantee it, but your probability, because isn't the survival rate, in the high 90s is that what i read yak high 90s survival rate if you should get this yeah it depends on what you read but it's anywhere between i think like 97 and 99 point something percent is that good enough for you some people would say yes other people say it's unacceptable now it's good enough for me to have them go play but i'm not putting myself at risk there so yeah it's easy for me to say i understand that there's very little risk for me in the lifestyle that I leave, I lead right now. Uh, I'm I'm supporting restaurants in terms of takeout. Did it last night, but I have not gone into one, and I hardly do any shopping as it is. I've gone into a store a couple of times, and that's just about it. And obviously, I practice the social distancing. But for for me, I'm at very little risk. But uh, I would love to see it get back, and I think it's going to get back and get back into what form remains to be seen as they come up with their format. I'm pretty much okay with every, anything that they do. Just get back, and I'll adjust if you don't have the traditional seven-game series and four series and 16 games to win a final this year. If they don't want to do that, yeah, I'm fine with it. All right, coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour. We've got a return of one of our little bit of a mainstays who's been with us this week as we get by with me doing the show by myself. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.